0: To this multi-pure podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today's discussion, we're going to be talking about microplastics and some uh, relatively disturbing news coming out of the medical community regarding microplastics. Joining us for today's podcast is our director of marketing, Michelle Priest. Hello, Michelle.
1: Hello, Canton.
0: And our copywriter, Joel Polina. Hello, Joel. How's it going, Ken? It's going great. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Interesting topic that we're talking about today, something that's been in the news for a few years, but now there's been a, a new revelation and also some rather prescient news coming out of our industry, coming out of the water filtration industry as well. So let's start out though with the, with the news coming out of the medical community. Joel or Michelle, I don't know if either one of one of you want to paraphrase what we have seen just in the past couple of weeks.
2: All right, let me jump in with this then. In the uh, scientific journal Environment International, there was a Dutch study performed by a couple uh, Dutch universities where uh, the study itself is called Discovery and Quantification of Plastic Particle Pollution in Human Blood. And the big thing here is that it's becoming an increasing concern about plastic consumption, especially in water sources and food sources, and uh, aside from the environment. And this is the first study that has definitively found microplastics in the bloodstream. And you see, it's important because prior to this, the assumption was that anytime people ingested microplastic particles, it would just pass through the body as waste. And this study has shown that microplastics actually are in the body. It's being absorbed in the the circulatory system, and therefore it can reach organs and bloodstream and anywhere else in the body. So it's not something that the body just passes through.
0: Joel, have you seen in any of your readings, I'm not sure if I have seen it, but if there's any evidence of it accumulating, if this is like years and years worth of accumulation, or if they're not quite sure what time period these uh, plastics were introduced to the body.
2: Well, this study was focused primarily on new detection methods that they use to find and identify microplastics in the bloodstream. So they didn't really check beyond blood. But they, they, so they, they looked at it and they found three particular types. They found a PET, polyethylene terephthalate. They found which is the Which is the
0: plastic that's used in plastic water bottles, by the way, PET.
2: And they found a polystyrene, which is what, styrofoam?
0: Yeah, uh, and, and other food containers, like the even the clear plastic food containers are often polystyrene
2: as well. And then, and then they found polymethyl methacrylate. Which is what plexiglass? I, I believe that's that's acrylic and, and okay. plexiglass. And they found those three particular particles in the bloodstream, but they didn't go beyond that, although they did uh, uh, it did note that that other studies have shown that that plastics have tentatively been linked to things like inflammatory bowel disease, type two diabetes, and cancer, although that's that wasn't the focus of this, and it wasn't the focus of this to look at. Uh, Any organs that have been uh, contaminated by plastics. They basically said, hey, we came up with this technique to examine blood for plastics. And hey, we found plastics in, it was a small study. It was 22 test subjects. They found it in 17 of the test subjects. That's 77% of the people they tested have plastic in their blood.
1: Yeah. And that was the big thing. It's, it's not that it was a big study, but it just really got people talking. So as soon as that article hit, it got picked up by all different kinds of magazines like Forbes and Smithsonian. And they all kind of had their own little twist on it. And the fact that we knew it was a problem, but to find that it's in the blood got people really thinking, you know, is it going to be excreted? Is it going to be stuck in our organs? Can we ever get rid of it? You know, and the fact that the largest amount of plastics were that where that PET, the the kind of plastics that come from bottled water, really has the community stepping back and saying, "Hey, this is this is something we really we really need to look into a little bit further."
0: I'm also seeing some other studies and another article that uh, here's one published on April eleventh, twenty 2022. In addition to the study that you're referencing, Joel, about uh, microplastics found in the bloodstream, another one finding microplastics in lung tissue of uh, patients awaiting some kind of lung surgery, and then also microplastics found in placentas as well as feces of of small children. So it, it appears that microplastics are kind of permeating many body systems many many organs and one thing that i've found in common something that you mentioned joel is that these are just the preliminary findings like no, nothing definitive has been determined as, as far as health effects of these microplastics uh, being present in our bodies whether it's our blood or our lungs or lungs or you know so it's um very preliminary right
1: it is, but it gets you talking, and yeah. you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, the poor environment; the animals have been affected." You know, the pictures of the turtle with the plastic around its necks. But now it's us that's got plastics in us for sure. Now that they found a way to identify that, I'm sure that it's going to be growing leaps and bounds as to what they're going to find.
2: I think the the scary part is if is if they figure out if plastic bioaccumulates like like lead, where right. it kind of just It's ingested and kind of sits in your organs and just builds up in your cells over and over until it gets, uh, you know, uh, deadly levels. Is is plastic something like that? And there's so much plastic out there that it might be small doses, but if it bioaccumulates in your cells, we're looking at major long-term effects here.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, one of the many questions facing the medical community is, you know, What's happening to it? At what levels is it dangerous? And and what is it going to do with us, for us, or to us in terms of uh, you know long term exposure? It's you know I I don't think there's a way you can look at this in a positive light. I think it's I think it's all pretty scary.
1: Yeah, it really is. And they're talking about how small the particles are that yeah. they're finding in the blood you know again these numbers are really off but there are 700 to 500 nanometers and that 700 nanometers is around 140 times smaller than the width of a human hair so really 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 really, really small so how are we going to get that out of our our blood that should be interesting can't be filtered out in the normal ways
0: yeah yeah it's um uh, it, it's terrifying and and you know I think this is all a reflection of how dependent we are on plastics in in our everyday lives and how critical it is for us to really take action on especially single-use plastics and trying to reduce the amount of single-use plastics, reduce, reduce our dependence on plastics. You know, I, I realize that it is, in especially in the, in the medical community, even in our industry, in many, many industries, plastics are, are an almost irreplaceable material for things that we expect to have in modern life. Think of your phones, think, think of your cars, think of your clothes. I mean, there are plastics... In almost everything that we use and, and, and getting away from it is, I think, almost impossible. But reducing our dependence on it, well, maybe that's something we can do.
2: And uh, building off what Michelle said about uh, people who are concerned about animals and, and plastics is uh, knowing now that, that there's definitive proof that plastics do enter the bloodstream. Figure then that how many plastics are we ingesting from animal products? Because if, if animals are, are getting plastics through, through water sources, through plants, through, through whatever, that's just passing right up the food chain. So we're not – we have to worry about plastic ingestion, not just from, say, uh, people with bottled water. which It makes sense because bottled water to, is contributing plastics to the water. Yeah. But now you got to worry about getting, getting plastics uh, particles from, say, meat. Or, or anything like that. Seafoods, I mean, right? Yeah.
0: And especially shellfish and you know the things like that that are you know, bottom feeders that are probably accumulating the most. And you mentioned you know, the slip...
2: Step- oh, sorry.
0: No, it's okay. I was, I was going to say, I wonder if there's any studies on, on whether plants accumulate plastics. You know, if there's plastic, microplastics in the soil and plants are taking up uh, water and nutrients from the soil, uh, is there a possibility that they're also taking... I mean, this is terrifying. Well,
1: it's interesting because... I'm a new grandma and my, my son, when they were doing all the research on the best baby food and stuff like that, and they were looking at the baby food and they are finding that because the yams and the food are grown in the ground, a lot of the baby food has arsenic in it because it's just absorbing it from the soil.
2: Eesh.
1: So, you know, you're giving your baby this food and you're giving it, you know, stuff that's being absorbed from the ground, all these, whatever's in the ground is coming into the food, it's coming to your baby. So plastics is probably a thing.
2: Actually, wasn't that a big yeah. story a few years ago, where a, a baby food manufacturer in China found uh, they were they were cutting the baby the, the the baby formula with plastic? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was a, a few years ago. There was a major thing where oh, a bunch of babies were getting sick in China, and it, they traced it back, and it was a formula manufacturer. And they're you know to to cut costs, they were cutting the formula <laughs> with. <laughs> essentially oh, plastic and cardboard is yes. it's horrible stuff
1: wow
0: frightening.
1: so this next generation of ours has got a lot of things to think about and with the pollution of plastics doubling every year you know we're just dumping more and more and more who knows what we'll be finding out the next generation
2: i just had a funny thought though when kent mentioned uh plants uh, uh getting plastics th- through the water is uh, it might be funny when you compare a plastic plant with a plant that has with plastic.
1: Which has more plastic?
0: Yeah. Which has more cellulose. Huh? Yeah. Well, uh, listen, uh, There, there is some good news to this, not necessarily to this report, but the industry, the drinking water treatment industry, has responded in that we now have a certification through NSF for the reduction of microplastics. And uh, this certification was adopted late last year in 2021. Multipures products are. Uh, certified under the standard, it's actually under Standard 401 microplastics, and uh, so so our industry has has responded as best as it can for now in that we can provide customers with products that are certified and verified to remove microplastics as defined under NSF ANSI Standard 401 for microplastic reduction and contamination, and basically what the definition is is plastic particles. I think anywhere from zero to 80 nanometers in diameter and micron or microns and so what they found and and there's an article on this online if you want to look it up microplastics just look up microplastics nsf so what they did is they actually adapted an existing standard uh, that multipure was already certified for and that's the uh, particulate retention class one which is under standard 42. sorry to if i'm losing you with all my jargon here but an existing standard under standard 42 was applicable for microplastics. And so they used it as the basis for certifying products for microplastic reduction and so that was a nice little feather in our cap to be one of the first not the first but one of the first uh, to be certified for microplastics and so uh, all of our products now certified for that so one little layer of protection one extra layer of protection for you if you're concerned about microplastics in the environment one thing that we can do is is at least reduce the amount that you might be ingesting from your water from your drinking water so just another reason to have a water filter is to protect you from this new looming emerging threat out there of, of microplastics
2: it definitely ties into that that study from a, a couple of years ago about microplastics in bottled water yeah i mean it just you want to you want to read these back to back because it, it's kind of shows if you want to avoid microplastics in your body avoid bottled water because that's giving that's contributing to microplastics in the, that you're ingesting
0: certainly a, a major culprit there so where do we go from here? You know, we, we've got, uh, we've identified microplastics now swirling all around the environment from the top of Mount Everest to the bottom of Mariana's Trench in our water, in our soil, in our air, now in our bodies, in our lungs, in our blood. What's the next step for
2: us? I think it'll be interesting because I think everyone really should keep an eye out for future studies because this seems like it's the tip of the iceberg when it comes to understanding just how, how uh, profound the impact is of microplastics on on human health and, and the human body. And uh, I, I think, if I had to pr- predict, I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot more studies like this coming out with, with probably uh, more of a focus on how it actually affects uh, specific organs or contributes to diseases.
1: I agree. And I think, uh, you know, as shocking as it was to read, I think it's good news. I mean, I think it's good to identify the problem and have the news around it so that you know things get moving in that direction people can't take it for granted and people just can't assume everything's okay and people can make different you know change in their lives and do something important like get a multi-pure system so they're protecting their family you know
0: yeah, yeah. one I mean, one uh, one step that you can take
2: yeah ditch bottled water get a multi-pure system don't chew on plastic uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if anyone has as kids that use a mouth guard it's just kind of natural to to chew on it and something about mouth guards
0: my son plays football and it's just constant (laughs) all the boys on the football team just chewing on their mouth guards i
2: can't imagine they're they're not getting a little microplastics from that action
0: it's absolutely awful, but actually, that that does remind me of something I was reading here in one of these studies. Especially young children, toddlers, infants who are crawling around on the floor. One of the one of the hypotheses here is that because they're crawling around on the floor, their hands, you know, dust particles settle on the floor and. You know, you know, you've, we've all had small children, Michelle, now a grandchild, who's, they put everything in their mouth, right? And they pick up something off the ground and they put it in their mouth, especially the second and third children, right? I mean, yeah. as parents, first just time you're of...
1: paying attention to second, one,
0: <laughs> second and third. <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah,
0: mm. oh, the, the first <laughs> one survived. No, uh, that's awful, but uh, it's true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're putting everything in their mouth. So it kind of makes sense that they're ingesting more plastics than we are as, you know, adults where we're a little bit more aware of things that we're putting in our body. I mean, you know, so some adults make very foolish decisions on what we put in our bodies, but, but but the fact remains is that it's just, it's all around us and it's permeating every aspect of life right now. And, and I think that what we're going to see is a continuation, a flurry of, of studies and research, not only as far as exposure, Uh, I mean, much like we saw with uh, the PFOA studies and the the Forever Chemicals, you know, that it got to the point where the assumption was that pretty much just everybody has this in our body. And I wonder if that's where this microplastics uh, research is going, is that it's just a foregone conclusion that we've we've all got it in our bodies. You know, I, I can definitely see it going that way. And then the next step is what effect does this have on us and what can we expect it's no longer just a question of all the landfills are filling up it's no longer a question of unsightly garbage on the side of the road or blowing around when it gets windy plastic bags it's no longer a question of plastics getting into the oceans and and forming you know these these huge masses of plastics now it's in us uh and now I, I, you know, I hope that I hope that that rings the alarm bells loud enough that um, that as a society we start to take this really seriously and we really take a very critical look at single-use plastics, at uh, you know the clothing that we wear, and and trying to be a little bit more aware of not being wasteful in terms of you know constantly refreshing our our wardrobes and and discarding you know clothes that might break down in the environment and add more microplastics to the environment. I, I saw. Oh my gosh. I saw a chart that was kind of breaking down where all the plastics, where all the microplastics in the ocean are coming from. And far and away, the biggest contributor was, was clothing, was uh, huh. synthetic, uh, synthetic textiles that, that are creating microplastics in the ocean. The things like tires, like tire dust, you know, as your tires break down, that, that was, I think, number two. And so, you know, we just need to be aware, aware of these things.
2: I would have thought it would be like like plastic food containers because it's so so common, especially with stuff like takeout containers or all that's all polystyrene and
0: well I uh, think what it is 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 that those exist, but they exist as holes, whereas your clothes just kind of break down over uh, time and that dust is getting into the atmosphere every time you wear it, even though the you know what you're wearing looks whole. Uh, But every time you run it through the washing machine, every time you run it through the dryer, it's just creating all of these microplastics that are getting into the water and into the air. But we just don't notice it as much because we can't see it.
2: Hmm. So we got to bring back clogs and... uh... (laughs) Cotton, (laughs) linen, and wool. Silk. Hey, feel nice.
1: (laughs) I can see that, though, with the whole tire thing, because I remember reading an article once that they were saying you don't want to live close to a freeway because the... um, the exhaust and then the tire dust is huge yeah. and they were saying you want to be at least five miles from the freeway to get Oops. away from that bad Whoops. air yeah. <laughs> which is a, you know in today's a, day and age that's extremely hard to do right yeah. we'd all be living in one building on top of each other so but yeah it's everything
2: yeah it's, that ain't happening
1: yep no
0: time <sighs> to well uh any uh any final thoughts any uh any wisdom to add to this Either of you,
2: I think. If anyone is talking about or concerned about forever chemicals, I think it just makes sense to segue into microplastics because it's almost a similar category with yeah. something where it, it's more and more people are are, are discovering uh, how prevalent it is and how much uh, are, and the fact that it's kind of everywhere and it's in our bodies already and it's stuff just kind of is there forever. So I think uh, if you talk about one, you have to talk about the other.
0: Yeah, seem uh, seem to be linked to me in terms of, you know just their prevalence and you know, in the environment and the world that we live in. So
1: it is, and we can't change it in one fell swoop, but we can all make a little bit of a difference to get that needle kind of going the other way. Yeah, everyone doing just something little like stop with the plastic bottles that would make a huge difference in a few years. Oh yeah, right. So instead of doubling the amount of plastics that are being disposed of in a few years we can really reduce that number so
0: agreed agreed wouldn't that be great
1: that'd be great yeah
0: so bottom line is uh use your multi-pure tell other people about it try and encourage other people to get away from uh, plastic bottled water and and we'll we'll do what we can to try and reverse this as you say michelle you know get the trend going in the opposite
2: direction so all right final word plastic's bad multi-pure good
1: Get out there, talk to people.
2: Out there and talk to people. Plastics are bad. All
0: right, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us on today's podcast, Joel Michelle. Thank you for your time and uh, and your interpretation here. We really appreciate it. uh And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, check us out on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You can check out our new website, Multipure.com. Got a lot of great new stuff on there. Check out our blog articles. We've got articles on there as well that uh, are very illuminating and will uh, help educate you in your journey through success with multipure so on behalf of joel and michelle i'm kenton jones thank you for listening to today's podcast with multipure remember we're for life for you